What does true exercise actually look like? How can we reap the maximum health benefits from our movement practice? Welcome to the Vital Veda Show. I am your host, Dylan Smith. I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner and holistic health educator and someone who moves every day, who exercises every day. And I want to give you an insight beyond inflated six packs and good looks. Although those physiological changes may manifest in your body when you apply ancient Ayurvedic wisdom on proper exercise, but it's really about how to reap the results in the name of health. The ancient Ayurvedic seers shared how to do this, how to properly exercise without potentially damaging your physiology, as improper exercise is currently quite persistent in our modern day culture. In fact, what a lot of people are practicing in the gyms today would be more properly referred to as bodybuilding or increasing heart rate and increasing stress. While these practices may provide some benefit, I want to share with you the principles of Ayurveda the laws of nature, and how you can integrate this knowledge into your exercise routine. Because there's a fact of reality in that you and everybody else and everybody's body and every type of movement practice and every type of exercise is all absolutely different and unique. So the aim of this podcast episode is to utilize Ayurvedic principles to support you to get the most out of your movement practice so that you can gravitate towards whatever you gravitate towards and enjoy that with energy. So the first thing I want to speak about is the benefits of proper exercise. In Ayurveda, it's called Vyayama. This is the name for exercise. And there's a very clear, what we call shloka, which is a verse of an authoritative stance on what actually is the benefits of proper exercise. And it says, Langavam karma sartyam dipto gnirmedashakshaya. So, what are the benefits of proper exercise? This is from the Shtanga Hirdayam, which is one of the classical Shastras, one of the classical texts in uh, Dinacharya, the chapter on daily routine, chapter 2. And it says, exercise brings lightness to the body and mind. This is the Langana. It improves bodily work capacity. It improves your stamina and your capability to perform physical actions and mental actions. This is the karma samratyam. Karma is the name for action. It increases agni. It increases metabolic fire. It burns fat, medasha kshaya. Improves fat metabolism. And proper exercise brings the body into good shape. This is ganakatatvam. So gana means solid and gatatvam means well built. So having a vital and strong, nourished and complete body. And of course, this is cardiovascular health. So these are the benefits of exercise. And I want to make something very clear that after true exercise, you shouldn't feel excessively hungry or even thirsty, but rather you should feel nourished. This is Ganakatasvam. We'll speak about this later, about obtaining prana, about obtaining life force from exercise. You shouldn't feel tired from exercise, but energized. This is Langavam, feeling light and energetic. You shouldn't be breathless, but rather your breath should be calm, soft and effortless. You shouldn't be having a racing heartbeat and pumping heart, but rather your heart should be harmoniously in rhythm regularly. This is proper exercise. We need to get out of this concept of no pain, no gain. That is not true at all. You don't have to go through pain to gain benefits of exercise. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. When your exercise is flowing in an effortless manner, you're getting the beneficial physiological effects of true, proper exercise. 
Ayurveda also speaks about who should not exercise. It says, Vata Pitamai, Balo Vridha, Jirnmash, Chathamjayate, Tajet. So it says, People who should not exercise are those undergoing certain diseases, particularly vata and pitta diseases, which are certain biological agents related with the air and space element and the fire and water element. This includes being sick. If you're sick, of course, don't exercise. Balo, children. Children should not undergo exercise. Of course, they should move and be active, but not strong exercise because vyama, vyayama, which is exercise, increases the vata dosha which is that responsible factor for catabolism, for reducing the tissue. Whether in a children, they're in what we call a kapha color. They're in the age of kapha. They're in the age of anabolism, the opposite to catabolism. They're in the age of growth. So when you're exercising, you're reducing that growth factor because you're increasing the vata, reducing the kapha. Vridha, elderly. Elderly people, again, we don't want to increase the vata in the vata age. The elderly people are already in that age of stage of life where they're in vata, it's related with catabolism, they're degenerating. The exercise promotes that vata, it increases the vata, it promotes that catabolism. And arjimash, so you should not exercise when food is not digested, because when the food is not fully digested, it's still in the process of digestion, you'll be having in the body what is called ama. This ama distributed will become distributed all over the body when you're exercising, so we should not disturb the process of making the food into nutrients if we disturb that that food may turn into the toxic material ama and even if it already is toxic material say you had a heavy breakfast or you had some unhealthy thing in the morning then you exercise it's going to hamper your body's ability to metabolize that what we call ama all those toxins and regulate it so don't eat and then exercise symptoms of excessive exercise is also another thing mentioned in ayurveda it says trishna so when you're excessively exercising, you can feel first. Kshaya, which is emaciation. Again, definitely exercise increases that vata. Vata dosha is related with the nervous system. It's your ability to be creative and enthusiastic and move things. What are you moving? Are you moving your waste products out every morning through elimination? Are you moving your thoughts? So many things that you move, it increases that. So when that's too high, emaciation comes. This is what we speak about, degeneration. And... Shvasa. It incre- increases the chronic, the COPD, which can be the chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Any breathing difficulties, breathing disturbances, it can increase when you're excessively exercising. Rakta pittam. It increases the pitta and the rakta. It aggravates the fire in the body and it aggravates the blood. It can create toxins and diseases there. Shrama. Exertion. And klama. Not feeling well. Right. Also, it can lead to kaso, cough, jvara, fever, and chardi, vomiting. These are all the symptoms of excessive exercise. So again, we don't want to be feeling this pain. No pain, no gain is a myth. We want to be more effortless and reaping and feeling good after exercise. I'll reiterate, not feeling hungry, but feeling nourished. Not feeling tired, but feeling energized. And not feeling breathless, but feeling your breath is more empowered, it's soft and calm, and not feeling a racing heart, but rather a harmonious heart in balance. So there are other harmful effects of other frequent excessive practices of which exercise is one. 
you can look at excessive exercise, excessive nights out, late nights. Occasionally it's fine, but that's another excessive thing which creates these harmful effects. Excessive traveling, that's another big one which increases the vata dosha, that movement of the body, because when you're literally moving, especially with airplanes which are very dry and move at very high speeds at far distances, that creates that vata imbalance. Excessive sexual intercourse, excessive talking and laughing, excessive strenuous activities, these are all certain related activities which in excess causes these harmful effects. There's a saying in Ayurveda which says, longevity will perish just as a lion perishes after vanquishing an elephant. Similarly, this will affect your life and your energy. So when the lion and the elephant are battling with each other, they're hunting, the lion says, okay, I'm going to hunt this elephant. I want a big feed. So they fight. It's a big, big task for the lion, but he wins. The lion wins. However, the lion is so depleted that eventually he dies soon after. So similarly, when you're doing these excessive things, you may feel like you're winning or you're getting it through, you're achieving it, but eventually you're going to perish like the lion did after beating the elephant, whether it's soon after or not long after, or creating a slow death in the future. So we don't want to do anything in excess. We want everything to be effortless. When you're doing things effortlessly, you're getting prana to your cells. You're getting life force to your cells. You're getting the blood circulation. This is the point of exercise, right? We're going to speak about how to exercise properly, but we want to get that energy into the cells. If you're straining, you've got a blockage. Even this happens in yoga. If you're doing a yoga pose and you're stretching, trying to reach your toes and uh, really struggling, you're like shaking a little bit and you're feeling a very strong stretch in your hamstring, say, then you're blocking that energy. If it blocks at the hamstring, you're not getting it to your full limb. So we want to be more flow, right? So Ayurveda says how to exercise properly. Again, in this same Shastra, in the same classical authoritative text, in verse 12 of chapter 2, Dinacharya, it talks about, says, Vata pitamai balo vruddho jirnascha tam tachatet. Okay, we spoke about this. And now it continues. This was about the people who should not exercise. And then it says, Shitakale Vashante Cha Mandam Eva Tato Nyada. So it says, Shitakale, the time to exercise is during the cold season. You can do more exercise. So when to exercise, cold season is great. Right? This is the kala, the, the time. Because when during the cold, your agni, your fire is huddling in your body to keep you warm and you have this greater strength. That's why Nehru Reddit said that wintertime, do more exercise, undergo more sexual intercourse, do the more strenuous activities, do the more energy utilizing activities because you have great energy, you have greater strength. As opposed to the summer, the heat is pulling out the energy out the body, just like a flower has to wilt when the sun is there and it's got less water it's got less of that photosynthesis happening similarly our human bodies in the colder seasons have greater energy that's why nature provides stronger foods for us and we can eat more protein and meat and insulating foods and fats that's more the seasonal food for winter whether the summer it's more lighter foods because our digestion is weaker our strength is weaker and our strength to digest and metabolize things is weaker including undergoing exercise so of course i said earlier as well to exercise on a light stomach that's super important as well and after a bowel motion as well this is something we should really get more hold of and which you 
yeah, I'm talking to you, I invite you to integrate into your daily routine. Can you exercise after having your morning bowel motion? Then you're feeling more light. Not exercising after a thick protein shake or after a protein shake or after banana or after dates, but fully light stomach, no food and good bowel motion. When you're feeling light, you will definitely reap the benefits of exercise in a greater way. You have a clearer channel to receive the blood circulation, to receive the prana, which is the life force, into the cells, to receive the cellular energy, that the endorphins and all these processes work more efficiently when the body is on a light stomach. So that is why the morning is a great time. And if you're having trouble with promoting proper bowel motion, check out podcast episode 109 on the Vital Veda podcast called Promote Healthy Bowel Motion Each Morning and Overcome Constipation. It's a solo episode I did. How to exercise. Ayurveda clearly says Arda Shaktya, which means exercise at half the capacity, half the energy that you have. So don't go full heart. Go half. Can you be able to moderate yourself in that way? And this is because the other half should be conserved for the bodily functions and also to maintain those bodily functions. If you're doing too much, this is going to cause that depletion. Ardhabala. One should not use the body's whole energy for work or exercise or anything. Always keeping some energy for the systems to do its thing while we're doing the task, such as exercising. One bet measurement in Ayurveda, which they do, is they say, when you get sweat on the forehead, that is an indication where you've reached a good capacity. So for now, take a rest, regenerate, then continue later if you want, or another day if you want. This may sound like weak for you or come on, I want to go hard. You can go hard, but gradually increase your ability to do that in a way where it's not depleting you or it's not obtaining so much of your energy and your mental and physical capacity. I want you to be a master of your movement practice, of your exercise. Don't say, but he can run the 10 kilometers or he can do the CrossFit for 20 minutes, but I can only last two minutes if I'm going to adhere to these aerobic principles. We'll do that for now, but you'll be able to embody the capacity to deal with more of these exercise strenuous activities and the more intensive exercise which is great some people love it they love the endorphins they they want the benefits let them have it and you can have it as well it's it's it is a great thing but get to that point if it is becoming excess you are going to have these complications in the body and in your health when your body is strained all the datus, all the tissues in your body become strained. When they are strained, you require rest. But if you're not giving that rest, definitely this emaciation, which is the degeneration, the datukshaya we call it, it's the reduction of your tissues. They start to become depleted when you are overly strained. And when you're not honoring the rest when it's time to rest, which Ayurveda said, whether it's half the capacity or not using your whole body's energy, if you don't give that rest, yes, you may get benefits. You may feel great. You did 20 push-ups today instead of 10 or I could I should have stopped at 10 because the sweat was coming on the forehead and whatever it is but if you're not honoring that you'll get benefits but you're not proceeding in the way that Ayurveda says which is a way which shares with you maximum health and it's a gradual thing it's not just okay I got to do it all this morning in this one hour session it's a gradual thing which you build up on time and then keep doing that in in, in two weeks time You'll be able to do 30 push-ups without getting sweat on your forehead yet. So like that, we want to have this moderate approach and also being considerate and 
honoring the fact that our body is different every day and in every moment, in every stage of a cycle, especially when a woman has her menstrual cycle, it's very different to when she's ovulating. Whatever it is, we want to honor the way the body is every day and not have some goal or some norm that we need to adhere to. The body needs this energy to absorb nutrients, to recalibrate, to process the endorphins and the hormones. So many things we want to keep energy for and not go all out and go too hard and push ourselves to the limits because then we're going to be having some issues. Snigda bhojibhi. Those who are taking a lot of fatty foods can exercise more. And there's a technique as well which Ayurveda shares how to exercise properly and that's mardana. So after the exercise, giving yourself some pressing, some brief pressing on the arms and the legs and the muscles to help relax and enhance the circulation and promote health of the channels. Taking fresh air and sun rays itself is one of the viyayama, one of the forms of exercise in Ayurveda. Just getting sun. When you're taking, getting the sun on your skin without any window, without any sunscreen, your red blood cells and your peripherals are coming up to the skin surface to absorb the UV energy. This is itself a blood circulating activity, increasing blood circulation, because this is why when we get pink, it's a good thing. It means these blood cells are really coming to the surface to absorb the UV energy. But when we get red, that's definitely too excessive. That's burnt. So getting the fresh air along with that, doing Abhyanga, Ayurvedic oil massage is another form of Vyayama, another form of exercise, giving yourself an oil massage every day, another Dinacharya thing, another daily routine activity in Ayurveda. And you can learn about that. We've done. I've done a whole podcast episode on this show on self-abhyanga, on how to give yourself an oil massage and why it's so, so powerful. Another really important thing I want to speak about on how to properly exercise is having the parasympathetic nervous system activated or having the sympathetic nervous system activated. These are the two nervous systems our state are in. If you're doing a really intense CrossFit exercise or HIIT, any of these high-intensive exercises, and you're breathing through your mouth, you're huffing and puffing, you're pushing really hard... <laughs> You are activating the sympathetic nervous system. This is the flight or fight response. It's very common in my clinic that I see patients who are very stressed. They're under their sympathetic nervous system is activated too much. And in a, as a culture, we have our fight or fight, our sympathetic activated too often. In the past, under gatherer days, we had it maybe once a month when we'd get chased by a woolly mammoth. But these days, we have it on every day constantly. I mean, just looking at a screen, just putting a phone within seven centimeters of your ear, this activates the flight or fight response. So in the morning, when you're doing your one hour time, which is for yourself and for your wellness, and you're huffing and puffing and pumping the heart and breathing through the mouth excessively, you're activating the sympathetic nervous system. So instead of that, we need to give yourself time to activate the parasympathetic, the rest and digest. So for that, breathe through your nose. One of the parameters I recommend for you to be able to gauge on when you are excessively exercised is if you are in the need to mouth breathe. You should just be nasal breathing. There's so many benefits of nasal breathing. And we speak about this in another episode that we did with the breathing diabetic on episode number 72 on just breath. 
science of breathing for optimal health. So we speak about that, but the point is when you're breathing through your nose, you're getting more nitric oxide. That's a Nobel Prize winning chemical. You're getting oxygen to the lower lobes of your lungs, to your diaphragm, to the organs that are lower in your gastrointestinal tract. The benefits are beyond, as opposed to mouth breathing, you're activating that stress response. You may not think you're stressed, but if you're huffing and puffing and boxing or whatever it is, your body thinks it's in a battle. Why, why are you putting me through this? So we want to be giving that time of exercise for our day to giving us the product, giving us the energy, giving us the nourishment. These are all the signs. Giving us the lightness, feeling light and energetic after exercise, not tired. These are all the aspects of proper exercise. Another thing we need to consider is exercise for different body types and constitutions. People can handle different types of exercise according to yourself. That's why group classes and even with a yoga class, it can be harder. For example, some people can handle the more strenuous intensive exercise. We call them the cuffer types, those more heavier built, those more stable, those more people with the bigger tissues and the more fat tissue and the more muscle tissue. We have the pitta types who are more moderate exercise and then the vata types who are more sensitive. They're hypersensitive. They're not so much on the movements. For them, more gentle and smoother and, and more flowing exercise is better. So what are the actual types of exercise that I recommend? Well, as I said, there's so many different types of exercise. And really, I want you to do what you enjoy, whether it's a sport, whatever it is. Do what you enjoy utilizing the principles of Ayurveda. And for example, yoga, of course, part of the Veda, the laws of nature of which Ayurveda comes from, which meditation comes from. So this is a wonderful type of exercise, the Hatha yoga component, the type of yoga which involves postures and moving. So for this, even yoga, you need to be careful to not do excessive. I see in classes, yoga classes, there's a lot of this excessive movement. And again, the mouth breathing becomes excessive. The stretching becomes excessive and strenuous. You should not feel an intense stretch. Again, that will block the energy and the blood flow and the prana moving to that part of the body. So rather be more flow, be more of a dance, do yoga in a way that suits you. Swimming is also another great type of exercise. Walking is a wonderful type of exercise, especially for blood sugar and diabetes. We spoke about this in podcast episode 26, understanding diabetes and blood sugar, self-management, nutritional flexibility and chronic disease with Drew Harrisburg, Qigong, Tai Chi I love. There's a wonderful exercise sequence which I love called Surya Namaskar or Sun Salutations. This is a yoga sequence of 12 asanas, of 12 yoga postures, and they are working all the major muscle groups in the body, all the major organs in the body. It's having such a more profound effect beyond physiological benefits and physical benefits. It connects you with the sun energy, it connects you with the divine, the subtle, uh, practicing gratitude, practicing able to acknowledge celestial beings. But as a physical practice, sun salutation, Suri Namaskar, is like, for me, if you had to do one thing, it's it's that because it works everything. If you only have five minutes, if you only have three minutes in the morning to do a movement, do Surya Namaskar. And I'll talk about times of movement in a bit and, and how, how often I recommend to do exercise. There's also dynamic movements. So be dynamic in your movement. Don't be straight edged. If you're going to go for a walk or for a run, try not walk on just concrete promenade or a concrete pathway and turn left and turn right and the straight edge, right angles. Be more dynamic in your movement. You know, walk on the grass. When you get to the log on the side, go up, jump on the log and then walk a bit and then jump off the log. When you see a tree, 
and you see some big tree roots sticking out of the tree on the ground, like walk around them, walk along the pathways in the sand, in the grass, like that. Be more dynamic rather than straight edge. This is also really important for hydration. And of course, hydration is super important in exercise because we're doing the exercise, which is fantastic for hydration. We're in an epidemic of hydration, of dehydration. Most of us are dry. Most of us are dehydrated. Experts, medical experts in the field saying that basically 100% of people are dehydrated. We've done multiple podcast episodes on proper hydration. So in addition to getting proper, drinking proper water, in addition to what's even more important than drinking is bathing in proper water. You know, I recommend you getting a good whole house water filter and restructuring unit. It's not enough to just filter the house that you're showering in or the water that you're showering in. You need to also, because if you're filtering, it's dead water. You need to restructure it you need to under you need that water to after it's being taken the crap out of and the toxins and the chemicals which is wonderful but it's then dead water right we, we just pulverize our tap water so we need to then get some vortex technology which is going to restructure that water into a sacred geometrical molecular state which can give us the life force to actually hydrate us so for I highly recommend you get a water filter and restructuring unit the best one I've found is natural action technology you can check that out on, on the Vital Veda. You go to Friends of Vital Veda. You can see all the water resources we recommend. Natural Action Technology is a, is a wonderful thing. And you can get discount codes Vital Veda-10 for 10% off or Vital Veda-20 for 20% off. You can see vitalveda.com.au forward slash natural action for many ways to filter and restructure your water. But in addition to that, moving is actually going to put that water that you've drunk and move it into the cells. We want intracellular hydration. This is the problem which we're not doing. We're drinking water, but it's not solving the issue of dehydration. You need to actually get that water from the gastrointestinal tra tract into the bloodstream and then into the cells. So dynamic movements is key for that. And definitely movements. Being sedentary all day, which I get, you, some of you may do, and that's fine. You, it's your job, whatever you got to do. But we really need to integrate dynamic movements into that to properly hydrate and which without proper hydration we are heading for being shriveled up into a dried chili flake or dried chili uh, fruit and this is called vata nerveda it's degeneration whether it's the brain or it's the bones or it's the joints or it's the cerebrospinal fluid whatever it is we need to be lubricated and hydrated so do not neglect hydration drinking good quality water bathing in good water natural action tech and all these aspects moving is really important so i do want to touch on running it's such a common exercise i really as i said earlier please avoid hard surfaces like concrete pavements any of this is going to put bad pressure on the joints the amount of patients that i've seen who have damaged joints from running the bunch of marathon runners and high competitive sport runners i've seen in my clinic who have just run a lot of miles and a lot of kilometers on concrete and hard surfaces have got inevitably all of them have damaged joints it's inevitable when you're doing so much so please run on sand run on grass be dynamic in your running and if you are going to run on hard surfaces really practice your ability to have your internal springs have your internal suspension activated with the way with your technique running technique and of course doing proper abhyanga ayurvedic oil massage before and after and just alongside your routine in general it's going to help maintain the lubrication of the joints and protection of the joints and recovery of the joints breathing during exercise and pranayama so pranayama is the breathing aspect of ayurveda and of the vedas prana means life 
And ayama means stretching or increasing. So pranayama is a way to stretch and increase life, not only to expand our life, but to expand the life force within our body, which is through the breath. So especially incorporating breathing with exercise, it's really important. You know, oxygen is important. CO2 is important, right? What happens is the air goes from the nose because we want to have nose breathing and it goes into the space in the body. Where's the space? It's in the lungs. This akasha is primarily in the lungs. There's a lot of space in the lungs. And then from the lungs, it goes into an inverted lotus. From the lungs, from the space goes to an inverted lotus. That's the heart. When you look at the heart, it looks like an inverted lotus. And then that's distributed throughout the body. So this is how we get this prana, this life force to all our cells in the body. And for this, we want to really integrate pranayama, we want to integrate breathing with the exercise. That's why Surya Namaskar, certain breaths for certain postures, whether it's an expansion or reflection or retention, whatever you're doing, just breathing certain. And also not focusing on the breath so much, basically breathing less, less is more. So this is going to increase the energy in the body, the metabolic activity in the morning, the metabolic activity throughout the whole day, increasing the health of your sensory organs and your internal organs. This is all a factor. So I hope this episode has helped you with principles that you can integrate into your exercise practice. Remember, less is more. No need to push yourself. No need to compare yourself to others or let yourself be pushed by a personal trainer or by a group trainer, whatever it is. Have these mechanisms and these principles that you can get proper energy. And remember, you don't need to feel tired after exercise. You should actually feel energized and light. And you don't need to feel hungry, but rather nourished you don't need to feel breathless but rather a calm soft and effortless breath and you don't need to feel the heart racing pump but harmoniously have a regular heart rhythm this is really based on ayurveda but also i learned a lot from my yoga teacher simon borg olivia the first interview we ever did on the vital veda podcast was with simon borg olivia and it's called true exercise and real modern yoga with simon borg olivia it's episode number two the first interview we ever did on the vital veda podcast you hear the old theme song. <laughs> Check that out. This that's a we touch we expand on this topic more. And also you can check out Just Breath, the Science of Breathing for Optimal Health, episode number 72 with Nick Heat, the breathing diabetic as he's called, because he manages his type 1 diabetes with breathing. So these all are super important. I want you to just get the most out of your exercise, feel energized and, and do it for health. Definitely these good looks, these six packs. They come with it, but it's more than just a toned six pack or eight pack or a, a, a big muscle. There's so much more to that. And that's what we call in Ayurveda varchas. It's the glow or prabha, this glow, like the full moon glows in absolute beauty and glory. Similarly, when you're feeling good from the exercise and you're feeling the true health benefits, health benefits, not aesthetic benefits, but health benefits, you'll be ha- ultimately, even for the person who is unaware of beauty from the inside you will be emanating this radiance and this beauty for not only for all to enjoy but for all to be inspired by your practice so if you've appreciated this knowledge please leave a review on itunes i genuinely would appreciate to read it i love reading everyone's reviews and stay tuned for more episodes on the vital Vedic podcast all around the fields of health if you'd like to study Ayurveda with me you can check out our course on the Vital Veda website called The Essence of Ayurvedic Nutrition, where we go more into the principles of Ayurveda. It's, of course, based on nutrition, but we give a good foundation to the three doshas, which are the biological agents of physiology and the universe. We give foundation to Ayurveda in general. So 
We've got a bunch of resources on vitalveda.com.au. Thanks for listening. And until next time, much love.